Hey, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. Yesterday we were talking about how the Bible instructs us to get rid of the old nature, to put it off like worn out clothes or dirty clothes and put on the new nature. Well, today the Bible in the book of Ephesians chapter four is gonna drill down and give us a, a look at anger. In fact, we're gonna be looking at the subject of anger for two days and it's fitting that we do that because our culture today is getting angrier and angrier and you and I live in that world and it has a lot more effect on us probably than we realize. Let me start today by saying there's an expression that almost all of us use that is wrong. It's something that's not true, and yet I find myself using that expression. I've used it all my life, and I hear just about everybody use that expression. And it goes like this. He made me mad, or she made me mad. Now, the reason why I say that's wrong is the word made. I'm not saying that we're not influenced to be angry or we're not stimulated to be angry by someone's actions or conduct, but I, I want to go to that word made because the word made communicates uh, the idea of being forced to hold an action. So I want to challenge us, first of all, to get rid of that, <laughs> even if we have a hard time getting rid of it in our, in our language. Let's just learn to think differently. No one has the power to make us angry. That's too much power to give to anybody. No one should have the power to make us angry. That doesn't mean we're not gonna slip and become angry. And beyond that, it also doesn't mean that there's not a legitimate time for anger. But the beauty of the last part of Ephesians chapter four is it gives us what I believe are the clearest instructions about anger that Christ followers have in the Bible. Before I give you Ephesians 4, 26 through 28, where I'm going to be this morning, let me just make some uh, basic comments about anger so that we'll understand it a little better. I, I started off by saying we say something that's fundamentally wrong. I think there are a lot of things that we think about anger that are incorrect. Here's the first one. Anger is not a, a guided emotion. Anger is a blind emotion. Anger is more of a reaction and, and it's secondary in its nature. In other words, we, we tend to have an underlying emotion that anger rides. Anger can ride hurt, it can ride uh, insecurity, it can, it, can, it can ride on pain. I mean, there's always some kind of underlying emotion that anger rides on. And because of that, anger is always an unguided or blind feeling or blind emotion. It's important for us to realize that because we hear a lot today about anger management, but it's not really possible to manage anger unless we understand what's the underlying um, emotion. And if you think about your anger, if I think about my anger, we'll typically know what our trigger is. And a lot of us become angry because we're frustrated and, and frustration is the real thing. See, if we all, if we only try to deal with the anger, but don't deal with the frustration, it's just going to be this ongoing thing. Same thing with hurt, same thing with bitterness and go on and on uh, throughout the, the spectrum of emotions. And secondly, is, is anger is important. I mean, anger is given to us by our creator uh, so that we will not be passive about wrong. If you think about anger, it's, it's a reaction usually to some perceived wrong in our lives or in the world. And it's, it's important to have the ability to be angry. I mean, if we didn't have that ability, then we could hear about awful atrocities that happen in our world and just be passive about it. So anger is important. But 
it's also very dangerous. And so much of the harm that's done in our world today is because due to, at least in part, to anger. So because of the, the danger of anger, God has given us some wonderful instructions in the book of Ephesians chapter four. So let me just jump right in at verse 26. In your anger, do not sin. Now, we learn from that not all anger is a sin. And, and, and on top of that, there's a sort of presumption that we are going to have anger as a natural emotion. The Bible says, in your anger, and it says, do not sin. In other words, don't let anger go the wrong direction in your life. Now, it gets very specific here. Do not let the sun go down when you are still angry. Well, now the Bible has given a shelf life to our anger. It's given us a time limit. The Bible says, don't let anger last more than 24 hours. So like, so interesting. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, as we, as we manage or as we think about anger, it needs to be dissipating. Something needs to happen in our lives that allows anger to dissipate. Now, I know the moment I say this, the human reaction of this is going to be, well, I just, I, I can't do that. Well, throughout the book of Ephesians chapter 4, God's going to know that that's our response. And so he typically ratchets it up a little bit. So let me just go back and read the entire verse. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now, here's the deal. If anger stays, Satan wins. And not only that, Satan is in power in our lives. I'm talking about Christ followers. If we let anger stay in our lives, we just turn things over to Satan. You know, one of the mental images that I have with this chapter is a, a dedicated parking space. I mean, all of us have been to places where there's a dedicated parking space for the owner or the manager, but there's a sign here that says this space is reserved for someone. Well, here's the thing. If you and I let anger stay in our hearts and lives, we have just dedicated a parking space to Satan. Even though we're Christ followers, we've said, this part of my life is set aside for Satan. Now, when we hear that, I think it's hard for us to say that we can't change. Well, let's go back to that progression again, because it, the Bible says, in your anger, don't sin. That's the first part. Second part, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And thirdly, don't give Satan a foothold. Now, I think about three words as I think about those sections of the text. When the Bible says, in your anger, do not sin, the first thing that I think about there is just the fact that there is anger in our lives, sometimes legitimately. So the first thing I think about is anger. And secondly, the Bible says, do not let the sun go down when you're still angry. Now the concept of obsession has crept in. In other words, I was angry. That, that happened because of some emotion in my life. Maybe it's legitimate, maybe it's not. But at the moment I decide to let it stay there, I become obsessed with that stimulus. And then the Bible says, don't give Satan a foothold. Now the word control has come in. You see how it started? It started with anger. I decided to obsess about it. And now I'm out of control because Satan has got control because I've allowed anger into my life. You know, this has been a long-term study for me as a Christ follower. It remains so every day of my life. 
it's been a it's been a family tradition for generations. When I was at my mom's service in South Texas, I walked past a headstone of my great grandfather William Hoover. He was known for his anger so much so that his nickname was Wild Bill Hoover. And for generations, anger has been part of my family. And that. I decided in my life, I don't, I want it to stop with me. I don't want it to continue on. And because of that, anger has been a lifelong study. One verse of scripture. Well, I'll just say this. I have reason to think about this verse every day of my life. It's the book of James chapter one, verse 20. It just simply says this. The wrath of man does not produce the rightness of God. So many times in our anger, we're saying, I'm angry because the world is wrong and my anger somehow is going to make it right. Well, that first part may be true, but the second part is a lie of Satan because I'm reminded here, my anger doesn't produce anything good. The Bible says the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness or the rightness of God. Whenever I'm angry and I obsess and I let Satan control me, I'm not going to do any good. And I want to do good. I want good things to happen. I want to produce rightness. I want things to be right. And so the scripture is telling me here that anger is, it can be important, but it's dangerous. I need to make sure I don't obsess that I don't let Satan have control of an area of my life. Well, let's pray for each other because I need prayer on this. I think we all do. I think it's a, it's a human thing. Tomorrow, we're even going to talk about the different kinds of anger that the Bible talks about. I think it's going to be an important study. But for right now, this is enough to think about. Let's just pray that God will help us with our anger in an angry world. Dear God and Father, we thank you for your grace and love in our lives and how that you provide a way for us to live a different life. And oh God, in this angry world, it, it comes to my mind that one of the greatest influences we can have is to live a different way in a world that's flawed and broken and angry. Help us, I pray, oh God, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us. Tomorrow I'll be back to continue on in the text because the Word of God is going to give us some additional help here that I know has been beneficial in my life, continues to be, and I think it'll be a help to you. See you tomorrow.